This is the Winnipeg Crime Stoppers podcast. See something, say something. Winnipeg Crime Stoppers. A podcast where we discuss crime prevention, awareness, our community involvement, those who are wanted, and unsolved crimes. My name is Shalinda Kirby, and I'll be your host. Hi, I'm Wap Canoe, and I am the leader of the Manitoba NDP. On today's episode, we have a special guest that reached out to me a couple of months ago to be on the podcast to talk about creating safer communities, supporting law enforcement, and the provincial government's goal to reduce crime. Wab Canoe is the leader of the Manitoba New Democratic Party and leader of the opposition in the Legislative Assembly of Manitoba. Before entering politics, he was a musician, broadcaster, and university administrator, best known as a host of programming as well on CBC Radio and TV. Wab, what was your reason for wanting to be a guest on this podcast? Well, I think first and foremost, growing up in Winnipeg over the years, Crime Stoppers is a very familiar brand and it's associated with safety and helping everyday Manitobans, you know, have a, a safe community around them. And so I think that that long-standing presence in the community is uh, a really strong reason to come forward. And then I guess just with my professional life being trying to help Manitobans from all walks of life with issues like healthcare and education and public safety, I think it's important to help address some of these issues to hear the priorities from an organization like Crime Stoppers and also maybe to share some of the thoughts that I think can help move forward uh, things in a good way. When it comes to Crime Stoppers, what knowledge did you have of the program other than seeing maybe the logo on the backdrop at a police conference or the back of a police car or a reenactment on TV? Well, I think I'm lucky to have uh, a few friends who have some involvement with the organization. And so in addition to being like most Manitobans and you see it in the media, you see it in the community and you have the awareness of, uh, you know, the, the positive contributions that Crime Stoppers makes to the conversation around uh, public safety. I've also been lucky because of some of those relationships and friendships, I guess, to get a little bit of insight into behind the scenes and to really understand the investment and the commitment that the people who make Crime Stoppers what it is, like what they have to our communities. Like people are very committed to our communities. They are people who wear their hearts on the sleeve and trying to advance public safety and community safety is not just like a, a professional thing. It's something that, you know, in my experience that these folks think about all the time and it's something that's near and dear to their hearts and uh, something that's very, very important uh, to them. And so as a result, I think it's, uh, it's good for that organization to have that because it just means that you got that much uh, more thoughtfulness and investment and uh, commitment when it comes to advancing these priorities. As a politician, as well as a citizen, how do you support law enforcement? Well, I think that first off, uh, law enforcement has such an important role to play in our communities. And I'm a big believer that when we're talking about government, whether it's at the provincial level or whether it's at the other levels, uh, like the city or the federal, for me, I'm a big believer that we need to take care of the people who take care of us. And so we have the first responders, uh, we have the law enforcement uh, professionals and the officers who are out there putting their lives on the line 
and putting uh, themselves at risk. Family people, in many cases, I would add, putting themselves uh, to, to serve a higher calling, which is to be there to respond and to deal with people on some of their worst days, whether you're helping a, a victim who's experienced something very negative or whether you're out there um, holding people accountable or helping to restore order and safety to a community. And so for me, it's important to support that because it's such an important role in our society. And I think all of us care about human rights. And I think the most fundamental human right is the right to life. And uh, part of that means just feeling safe when you're going about your day-to-day -day life. You're walking to the store. You're getting groceries on the weekend. You're taking your kids to play sports. You're going out to have some fun with your friends. In all those cases, you should feel safe. And it's the law enforcement officials, I think, who help to uh, deliver that. And um, I think the work is getting harder. And uh, in addition to, you know, the challenges that we have in terms of safety, I also think a lot about mental health for law enforcement, and for first responders. And I think all of us as a society are more aware of mental health, particularly coming out of the pandemic. And I think there's a lot of folks who have, you know, experienced some really challenging things, being there on the front lines, being there in some tough situations with people who are having those difficult days. And, uh, you know, I think one of the ways that I want to show support is to figure out how can we help with the mental health side of things as well and ensure that, you know, not only uh, can someone come home safe at the end of a shift, but how can we help them on the mental health and the emotional side to ensure that they could come back for that next shift, right? And I think that, you know, that's one of the things I've been hearing a lot from law enforcement and uh, I take really seriously as something we need to address going forward. Calls to cut police funding have obviously grown over the years, especially in current times. You have come out publicly, Wob, and said that you would maintain funding for police services. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think that the needs around law enforcement uh, are growing. Certainly, just right away, we all think of the safety uh, in the community situation. And so we got to have the proper resources and support to ensure that uh, law enforcement can do its job. But I'm also um, very mindful of the work that uh, former police chief uh, Devon Clunas is spearheading around training. And this would be across the province, you know. So we're talking about uh, police forces and the RCMP uh First Nations police as well uh, in the uh, conversation here. And the work that they're doing, I think, is taking a community policing approach. And they're also involving community in this work. And so as we value the importance of training, I know that there's going to be the necessity to support things on that level uh, as well. And when we're talking about, you know, supporting law enforcement, I think one of the things we also need to recognize is how complex things are today, where you have addictions issues, um, maybe undiagnosed mental health issues going on out there in the community. Uh, you have social conditions, social situations. And I think in addition to ensuring that there's the proper resources for law enforcement to do its job, I think one of the other things that I'd like to see happen is to ensure that we have mental health workers available to take care of the mental health work. We got social workers available to take care of some of the social work. And in that way, hopefully we could free up 
uh, police resources and police time to do the work that they do best, which is the police work. And so really, I think the conversation is more about supporting and finding the resources uh, to help ensure law enforcement can deliver safety uh, for our communities. In regards to the issue of crime, specifically here in Winnipeg, even though I know you represent the province, in what ways would you like to see change? And what is the NDP's stance on crime reduction and prevention? Well, I think we need a comprehensive approach, right? Because this is this is a problem that uh, unfortunately has existed in Manitoba uh, for many years. But I think a lot of people have the sense that it's getting worse. And when we ask why is that happening, I think it's because there are some complex issues here. So right away, we know law enforcement has a very important role to play. We got to make sure that there's the adequate support and resources uh, for law enforcement to be able to do their jobs properly. We also know that, you know, the other first responders and the support staff, the people who are going to be taking the 911 calls and doing the dispatch, that we got to have the resources there too so that the response can be timely and effective. But we got to address uh, the root causes as well. And I think all of us who see bus shacks and uh, encampments, we know that something's not right there, even if we don't necessarily grasp the solutions right away. So we got to address some issues like homelessness and uh, addictions and undiagnosed mental health issues and we've got to help uh, alleviate um, poverty because not that any one of these things in particular is going to to lead to a certain outcome but when you look at the entirety of that complex situation together i think we all understand that there's some some really serious interactions that need to get addressed if we want to improve public safety so just to choose like one in particular On the homelessness issue, for instance, um, we've talked about looking at what Houston, Texas has done as a city, uh, the so-called Houston model, where they've done a continuum of care for people who are living without shelter, basically meaning you find the the housing units, whether they're in an apartment or a social housing or what have you, and then you you go out with the outreach workers uh, tent to tent, door to door, so to speak, and just Tell people, hey, listen, we've got a place for you to stay. Would you like to come with us? And then importantly, the next step is, and now let's talk about some of your other needs, whether that's addictions care or mental health services. Maybe it's even um, training and employment or job opportunities, uh, things like that. And just providing that continuum of care, meeting people where they're at, and then offering you know, the next steps to be able to put folks onto a positive, more sustainable um, way of life in the long term, I think is something that uh, most of us recognize it, it, it's it's time for. And I think we got a really solid plan on. So again, a comprehensive approach, recognizing law enforcement has an important role, but also recognizing that we need to address these root causes to ensure that we're going to make communities safer, not just in terms of responding to issues when they happen, but also hopefully in terms of preventing issues before they actually occur. So you brought up mental health support a couple of times, specifically for police officers. But when it comes to those who are most vulnerable, how do you see that changing in years to come? I think there's a few important things we got to do with mental health. One big challenge I hear from people from all walks of life, and this is not just people who are maybe, you know, living without shelter. This could be the family in the suburbs, too, who have a a loved one who's struggling with a mental health issue 
one question I hear so often is, where's the front door? Where do I take my relative, uh, maybe my partner or my kid or, you know, a friend that I have who I know is struggling? Maybe it's depression or it's anxiety. Maybe it's, a, it's another issue. Where, where do I actually take that person to get the help that they need? And so I think making sure that we take an approach where any, any spot you show up at and ask for help, that you're going to get tied into the supports that you need. I think that's a change that I'd like to bring about, you know? So if you show up at the school and say, Hey, my kid needs mental health supports. Okay. We know what to do. You show up at your doctor's office. Hey, I think I'm struggling. I need some mental health supports. Okay. Here's the path forward for you. Or even if you present at an urgent care or some other healthcare facility that you know that you're going to start getting the, the care that you need. Cause I've heard some very hard wrenching stories about families who, who say like, unfortunately, the only way that I can get the mental health services that my family needs is, is by going to the emergency room or by trying to, you know, go through the process of, uh, you know, getting those higher level interventions uh, started. And uh, basically, I think it should be easier to ask for help when you identify that there's a need and we should be bringing those resources into the communities. And like I said, for sure, we see a lot of these um, public facing issues in certain parts of the province, but they should be equally as accessible in the suburbs and in rural Manitoba or in the north, because we know that there's people, unfortunately, suffering in silence in some of these areas too. And hopefully, through this kind of like easier, more accessible approach, combined with more investment in terms of the actual mental health counselors and the psychiatrists and psychologists and the people who can deliver the mental health care, directly hopefully by doing those two things together we'll be able to support people to to stay onto a positive path and maybe avoid having somebody um take a, a more negative course that might end up harming themselves and others in the future so again part of it's about meeting the needs and part of it's about prevention as well too what kind of relationship would you like to see the provincial government have with police well, I'd like to have a collaborative approach and a, and a strong partnership, whether that's with the WPS or other local police forces across the province or the RCMP or with First Nations Police, all, all of these law enforcement organizations. I might as well acknowledge uh, conservation officers and uh, others who work for the province while we're talking about this. And I think what I'd like to do is to work with the leadership you know, whether that's a, you know, a police chief, uh, Chief Smythe, uh, as one example, and to listen to their priorities, um, whether that's on the specific uh, law enforcement priorities that they're bringing forward, but also maybe some of the other recommendations they have. Like, for example, I have heard Chief Smythe talk about how responding to addictions really needs to use a healthcare approach going forward, and then taking some of that advice and going back to say the health department or the mental health department saying, hey, what are we doing here to support uh, some of these asks that are coming out of the, the broader community? And then I'd also like to work with the representatives of the, uh, the, the officers themselves. And I think in particular, that's where maybe some of the uh, conversations about mental health and about uh, some of the supports that are needed to help people who are working in these very important um, sectors of our society uh, would take place. But I think, you know, it's always about a conversation. It's always about listening. And then it's about asking what you can do at potentially a political level 
should we you know earn that great honor to be in that decision making role in the future what can we do there to respond to the needs that are being identified and to support them with of course also always keeping an eye on the comprehensive approach to advancing public safety that Manitobans want us to take. Thank you for reaching out to Winnipeg Crime Stoppers, WAB, and being a guest on the podcast today. In fairness, as a board, we've reached out to the leaders of other provincial political parties for the opportunity to speak on building safer communities and crime reduction on this podcast in future episodes. Thank you for listening. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find our email address on our website at winnipegcrimestoppers.com. Until next time, my name is Shalinda Kirby. And remember, see something, say something.